what makes up the good life. When you think about what really makes for a good life, what's it all about? Is it having more stuff or better stuff? Does that make your life really great? Is it if you can achieve more, if you could reach your dreams? That goal that you're trying to shoot for? What if you could protect yourself more? If you could prevent other people from hurting you, does that make your life good? If you could prove that you have value, is that worth it? What makes for the good life? These are different approaches that people try, but I'm going to tell you what anyone who's tried them for very long knows, is that they don't work. You try and fill your life with more stuff or more achievement or more reputation, and you find that's hollow and it's empty. In today's scripture, Jesus tells us that whoever tries to chase after these things, to create the good life, ends up losing what makes life really meaningful. Listen to this scripture from Jesus. Luke 9, 18 through 26. Once when Jesus was praying by himself, the disciples joined him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They answered, John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others that one of the ancient prophets that has come back to life. He then asked him, What about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, The Christ sent from God. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell this to anyone. He said, The human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief of priests, and legal experts, and be killed and then raised on the third day. Jesus said to everyone, All who want to come after me must say to no to themselves, Take up their cross daily and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them, but all whose lives lost because of me will save them. What advantage do people have if they gain the whole world for themselves yet perish or lose their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the human one will be ashamed of the person when he comes in his glory and in the, his glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So Jesus is there by himself and he's praying. He's on his own. And as his disciples come up to him, he says to them, Who do the crowds think I am? What are they saying about me? And I think it's really important that this story happens while Jesus is off praying by himself. Because actually when we're taking time one-on-one -on -one with God, that's when we remember who we are. So Jesus is there with the disciples and he's praying and he asks them, who do the crowd say that I am? And they give him answers. John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Elijah, come back. Maybe some other prophet of old. And I wonder this question, the people that we know, the people in our world today, who do they say Jesus is? Some people say Jesus is a wise teacher. He's just really smart. He had some good sayings, sayings worth remembering, sayings worth living. And others might take the opposite approach and say, no, actually Jesus is a manipulative liar. He claims to be the son of God for crying out loud, just to draw a crowd. And others say, no, Jesus is more like a magic genie. 
you, you, you make a wish, you pray for things, you ask things to happen, and then hopefully they do. And other people, when they think of Jesus, they see Jesus more like a teddy bear, someone just to give them comfort when they're having a hard time. Others might say Jesus is a pleasant myth. It's such a nice story that people tell and makes such a great holiday around Christmas and Easter. And others might say, no, more than a myth, Jesus is real. There is a historical Jesus, but he was just a kind fool who ended up dying for his convictions. Who do you say Jesus is, though? After the disciples told Jesus who the crowd say that he is, he asked them, who do you say that I am? I'm going to ask you today, what do you believe about Jesus? Because what you believe about Jesus changes the way you see everyone around you, the way you see the, your own life, the way you live in this world. If you believe Jesus is just an old form of Mr. Rogers, a nice guy who had smart things to say, maybe you'll be inspired to also say smart things and be a nice person. But if you believe like Peter did, when Peter responded to Jesus' question and said, I know who you are. You are the Christ. You're the one sent from God. In other words, you're the one that God sent to make everything right. If you believe that, that reorients your whole perspective. It's no longer enough to just try and be a genuinely nice person. It's no longer enough to just say, okay, I'll add Jesus on to the many other parts of my life. But to actually say, if Jesus is the one that God sent to make everything right, and I want my life to be right, I want the good life, then I'm going to reorient everything in my world to follow this Jesus, to line up, with the way Jesus says to live. After Peter names who Jesus is, that Jesus is the one that God sent to make everything right, Jesus starts saying some hard things. He says, you believe that I'm the Christ. Did you know that means I have to suffer? Did the, you know that that means I'm going to be rejected? I'm going to die. Is that what you thought the good life was about? And if that's what I'm doing, if that's what I'm doing, if I'm telling you that what it means to be the Christ is actually to get very uncomfortable, then what do you think it means to be my follower? See, Jesus is laying out this uncomfortable version of what it means to be the savior of the world and the uncomfortable version of what it means to be someone that follows that Savior. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to say no. It's hard to say no. It is really hard to say no. It's one of the shortest words in so many languages. And it is so hard to say no. And Jesus surprises us because he says, you're not just going to have to say no. You have to say no to yourself and take up your cross 
to take up your cross. That means the cross is a, is a instrument that the Romans used for torture and humiliation and death. When people heard, take up your cross, they had images, traumatic images that popped up in their mind of people who they knew, who opposed the Romans, who were lined up on their crosses, who actually had to carry the cross beams of their cross to their own death. So Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you have to say no to the life you thought you wanted and be ready to take your crossbeam, carry it to your own death. And then he throws in one more word. Daily. Every day. Now, the good news is daily would mean it's not a literal cross. Truly, no one ever carried their crossbeam to their cross for their execution more than once. That means every day. Giving up saying no to the life we thought we wanted to live the life Jesus has for us. Does this make you uncomfortable? Does this sound like an uncomfortable form of discipleship? An uncomfortable form of following Jesus? Well, good. Because it is. Now, at this moment, if you're looking for the escape plan like I am, you might be thinking to yourself, it's a good thing Jesus was just talking to those disciples back then who were sitting by him as he was praying when he asked them, who did the crowd say that I am? It's a good thing this doesn't apply to us. And it's almost like when Luke wrote this story down, he knew we were going to say that. Because he introduces the next part and says, Jesus said to everyone. Jesus said to everyone. It's as if Luke knows where we're coming from and wants us to know. He's not just saying this to the 12 they're sitting there. He says it to everyone. To everyone. And in fact, when Jesus says this, listen to what he says next. Listen for this word, all. He says, all who want to come after me, all who want to follow me, all who want to save their lives will lose them. And all who lose their lives for Jesus' sake will find them. He even asked to use this word all again. What advantage does it give you if you gain all the world but you lose your very self. And if we're honest with ourselves, we lose ourselves. When we're seeking and striving after our own achievements, our own possessions, our own reputation, when we're seeking after the things that this world tells us the good life is made of, When we chase after this dream of having more and more and more and find that it's never actually enough. When we do that, we actually end up losing what's most important in life. And right now, you might be thinking of someone, and maybe it's yourself, 
it feels like you've lost it. You've lost what's most important. Sometimes we chase after these things because we're hoping, we're hoping that we'll finally be accepted by the people around us. We're hoping to finally belong. If we have the right stuff. I worked with youth for, for a number of years before becoming a pastor. And even today as I talk with youth, I find they're always chasing after that next thing that makes them okay. They always have to have the right phone, the right device, the right set of clothes that make them all okay. But I'll tell you, as I become a pastor, as I talk with adults, I find that doesn't just go away. And if we're chasing after those things, we miss it. And not only that, these things that we think will help us finally arrive, when we finally reach that place in our careers or our income, we finally have the car that we want, we finally have the house that we want, when you finally get them, it doesn't actually get you there what you find is that if the people didn't accept you when you didn't have those things they're not going to accept you when you have them and if you weren't okay with who you were when you didn't have those things you're still not going to be okay with who you are once you do acquire them Jesus says what benefit does it give you what advantage is it if you gain it all and lose the core of who you are. It's worth nothing. Now maybe you don't try and protect yourself and gain something for yourself by accumulating possessions and having the best reputation and proving your worth through your achievement. But don't think Jesus isn't saying anything to you today. What are the ways that you're trying to live a comfortable life instead of a daring life like Jesus has called you to. Because, yeah, we can seek comfort with our stuff, but we can also seek comfort with the ways that we protect ourselves, the way that we hoard our time and our energy, the ways that we refuse to be vulnerable, to show others who we are, the way we protect ourselves from embarrassment. But in the daring life that Jesus calls you to, the daring life of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that's something too that we have to let go of. Jesus didn't call us to a comfortable discipleship. Jesus called us to a daring discipleship. If people knew how much Jesus meant to you, if to you, you look at Jesus and you say, you're the one that makes everything right that's wrong in this world. If you look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you every hour. If people knew that, if people knew the story, if your friends and your family knew the story of why you need Jesus, if your coworkers knew how dependent on Jesus you were, what would it cost you? Are you willing to give that up 
Are you willing to give that up to admit to knowing Jesus? Because Jesus, the next thing he says to his disciples, the next thing he says after telling them, if you really want to gain your life, you have to be willing to lose it for my sake. He tells them, are you embarrassed of me? He tells them, if you're going to be embarrassed of me here on earth, then how can you expect me to not be embarrassed of you when I enter eternity? Are you willing to admit to your relationship with Jesus and own it and celebrate it without fear? or even with fear to just do it. Today I invite you, today I invite you to take Jesus' word seriously, to really believe that to live, we have to give up the things that might make us comfortable, the way we might protect ourselves with our possessions and our achievements and our reputation and simply refusing to be vulnerable. Today I invite you to live the daring life that Jesus has for you. Hey, this is Ashley from Grace Atoma. I'm praying you had a meaningful encounter with Jesus during this message. If this message impacted you in a positive way, we'd love to hear about it in our Facebook group, Grace Atoma Church Online. You can support Grace by subscribing to Grace Atoma's YouTube channel. If you'd like to support Grace Atoma's mission, you can give online at graceatoma.org forward slash give.